0: Good morning. A happy Thursday. It's Bruce, Judy, DJ Brett in for uh, DJ Cheese today. Um, Vermont, we hardly knew you. <laughs> you know?
1: We,
2: I had, I remember when cancel, we had I Vermont? I to cancel my resort um, reservations. <sighs> remember? Remember
0: the good old days when Vermont... No up th- for you! ...was the only place <laughs> you could safely travel to? No longer! Vermont is off the list now unbelievable mm-hmm. everyone rushed there too quickly is yeah. that probably what it was it
2: overwhelmed the I'm, State. I'm assuming
0: labor day vermont was packed it was probably up to like 30 people i don't yeah. know how many i don't think very many people they're
2: in all vermont. in the same place they couldn't handle it
0: yeah there's no doubt about it quick name a city in vermont exactly nobody knows anything about vermont. <laughs> no
1: idea Mount Vernon? Yeah, I, oh my gosh
2: i'm still trying to think
0: I'm going with Mount Vernon. You're going with Mount Vernon? That's that's cheating because there's probably a Mount Vernon in every bleeping state out there. Okay, right here. Yeah.
2: We have a Mount Vernon. See? I'm going to go with some syrup.
0: You think there's a syrup Vermont?
2: <laughs> okay. I know there's no Chicago there. What's a very popular name? Johnsburg. Mm, that's a good one. For Clinton. <laughs>
0: There's always a Clinton, isn't there? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Vermont's off the list now, so uh, at least if you are following, and by if you're following the recommendations, I mean nobody is following the recommendations. Well,
2: it's easy now to follow them because you can't go anywhere.
0: Because before you could lie and say, where were you? I was out of town this week. Where were you at? Vermont. Oh, well, Vermont was safe to go to. Yeah, no, there's nowhere like that. So, you know, one of the things is, and it has been, it's been like a slow-moving car wreck. <laughs> um, the evolution of vaccine, I'm going to start with suggestions to mandates, etc. Uh, early on, i going to go the way, way back machine, January the vaccine first started coming out. Remember all the, the 1A, 1B, whatever, the the, the tiers, yeah. uh, frontline workers supposed to get the vaccine first and all these different metrics that they were coming up with. And until it was available to everybody, um, businesses were, you know, hey, when it's your turn, we hope you'll get it. So we were on the hope principle, okay? And uh, we went from the hope principle to the wish principle. You know, we really wish you'd get it, you know, if you're going to do it. Um, and then a few months go on. The vaccine's available everywhere. You've got, uh, you know, you got the United Center. They'll uh, come to
2: your house. Uh, literally come to sense. your house.
0: They're handing them out at the Costco. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can be walking down the line. The, per- yeah. <laughs> the person will just stick you in the arm if you want. Uh, we went to, okay, we're pretty sure going to have to require vaccine for our workers with, there's a but, with An exemption, a religious exemption, a a medical exemption. Better bring a note. Better bring a note. So, United Airlines, Chicago-based United, has taken the next step in this evolution of, remember, we go back to, we hope you get the vaccine, To We mandate the vaccine with exceptions, To They're not even... Buying your exceptions anymore. No,
2: they are taking a hard line on this. Uh employees who decline to get vaccinated. Um it's become the first carrier uh to announce it will mandate vaccines for well, and I'm sorry, it was the first carrier to to announce that it would mandate vaccines for employees. So then these employees came with the exceptions, came back and said medical. I have a
0: religious exemption, and, I have a medical yeah, exemption. And so
2: then United said, Well, no I problem. I will trump your exemption Ooh. with a new exemption, which Ooh. is Okay, you can take an indefinite leave of absence. Unpaid Unpaid leave. Right. Now.
0: Under medical or religious exemption. Religious,
2: It's basically indefinite. Medical, they're saying, and these are people. So first, it's kind of complicated. People who come face to face with customers.
0: Uh, Pilots, flight attendants, attendants, gate agents, et cetera. Right.
2: They, yeah, they're, they're going to be on leave. The ones behind the scenes, possibly once they get new testing procedures and new guidelines, they might allow them to come back. They'll have to wear a mask. They'll have to be tested daily or weekly. So there are all that, you know, and those are for the back, the people we don't see. Right, so right, 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 basically United's saying,
0: handlers, yeah, I'm handling. assuming. I know there's a ton of people, yeah, aircraft maybe. mechanics yeah. maybe, you know, maybe things in the like office, that.
2: Yeah, office, yeah. Yeah, office so, staff.
0: Yeah.
2: For the most part they're saying the people we come in contact with at United will all be vaccinated they, or they'll be on unpaid leave.
0: United has not said how many of its nearly what 67,000 employees right. that, that that are this, but my guess is because they've come out with such a hard line against the exemption a hard line saying, okay, you can claim that exemption, but we're just not going to pay you. You can't come to work and mm-hmm. you're on uh, you're indefinite gonna, You're going to be
2: exempt, all right. Yeah,
0: you're exempt from working as exactly. well. You're exempt from us paying That's you.
2: exactly what it is. Do
0: now, you, uh, should I assume that there was a large number of people? Well, You, you see what I'm saying? United, I mean, if it was eight people, they would have said, whatever, we're not going to do anything about that.
2: It had to have been, because in a memo, United said more than half of the employees who were unvaccinated on the day, August 6th, That they announced a requirement requirement. are now vaccinated. Oh, so it's probably a pretty large number.
0: It's interesting. I mean, again, you don't have a right to work at United. United's you know it's a condition of employment, for lack of better terms. You can have an exemption. And by the way, we've we've talked to lawyers. We have talked to employment law experts who said along these lines. United is absolutely on the right side of the law. They they can they can mandate things for public safety and employee safety, and that is a wide swath. Right. You know what I'm saying? That is, they're, they're given the law gives them a lot of room to color in what that means, yeah, and what it means to them is you can't. We aren't going to let unvaccinated people around our employees or around our customers. Full stop. Period regardless of your reasoning your reasoning is irrelevant basically is what they're saying and so like every time somebody comes out and makes one of these like you see you see other people like oh well if they did it first we can probably slip this one in no one will talk about it because that's the first time I've heard anybody doing anything like this and it's it's united well,
2: and with that large number of employees I mean that yeah very, that's a, they have big, they have a lot of employees a lot of employees think you want yeah.
0: yeah. That they're going to uh, apply this to, so
2: well, an American has already said it won't give special leave to people, mm. um, unvaccinated people who want to quarantine. So you don't get paid, and you don't get paid. And Delta has said, okay, you don't get vaccinated, no problem. That'll be an extra two hundred dollars a month, right? In insurance.
0: insurance because yeah. of what your what the so potential I for are, hospitalization what, costs. What
2: we're learning is they're they're not going all the way. They're not saying no. You have to be vaccinated or you're done. They're okay. no. But they're making. I was going to so say they're basically difficult. saying, but you can well. sit at home
0: and not get paid, right. which is as close to you're done as I can right. possibly get can within the letter of the law. Two
2: hundred dollars a month, yeah.
0: So not to not to be the bummer, but uh, um, I, mean, I don't I don't want to uh, play it up. Um, I have uh, I've had a variety of friends or acquaintances who are battling COVID. I mentioned yesterday one of my friends who played in the NBA. Actually, friend, we worked together, uh, Cedric Sabalos. Cedric won the NBA dunk competition. He was the NBA sixth man of the year. Played a long time with the Phoenix Suns. Played with the Lakers, some other teams. Um, Ten days in the ICU. Well, it would be 11 now. 11 days in the ICU, on oxygen, you know. And he he made a post. uh, It was a Facebook, Twitter post. And it was cryptic. If I've done anything, I apologize to you. You know, if I've ever crossed you, I apologize. You know, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, that's that's difficult. Then I get the news yesterday afternoon that a guy that I'd worked with. Passed away from COVID. Should I assume. That people who are dying of COVID or are hospital ICU uh, ventilators, et cetera, should I assume they're not vaccinated? I mean, is, is that the. Do, do you do you see what I'm saying? I, I'm not trying to. I'm not blaming the victims. I'm so, uh, terrible loss. Full stop. Period. I want Cedric to get better. I want him to be a hundred percent. Full stop. Period. But and there what? is a part of me that goes, "Well, they must be unvaccinated, right?"
2: Yeah. Well, I would just be curious because since I am vaccinated, to know like, oh, if they were they vaccinated and they, did they die? That to me would be of those more are increasingly because, rare, right? Yes, and because we know that ninety. Something percent, Something percent. It goes from ninety four to ninety nine point nine. So, I, whichever day it is, are of people in hospitals and people dying are not vaccinated. So, yeah, that's why I think we wonder because if they were vaccinated, that would be very unusual.
0: Hey, Mike in Aurora, where do you uh, where do you work? What industry you work in?
3: Oh, good morning, guys. Uh, I work in the food industry. Okay, and and
0: what are you seeing in your world?
3: So. I would say um, half the people in our building are probably vaccinated, mm-hmm. and they had a they had a company come out and do it on site, which was great for oh, them, right. and um, delivered it to people.
0: Yeah. what's that? Yeah, they delivered the vaccine to workers. Got it.
3: Yes sir, yes sir. And so but uh you know they took a they took a survey before they did that and said, you know, do you want it to see if it was worth their while, you know? So it was about half the people signed up for it and there's about 400 people there. So um and then they came last month and said uh uh, you know we're not gonna we're not gonna mandate Ooh. that you get a vaccine. Uh, the only thing they really changed was they changed the attendance policy back to say, hey, look, if you get COVID and miss work, you, as long as you can prove you had COVID, we're not gonna get rid of it, but you ain't gonna get paid for that, that no. two weeks. So there's
0: still a bit you of know? a punishment uh, in in there. Hey, Mike, thank you very much. I think that's interesting from the standpoint of. It sounds like they kind of pulled the workers, and maybe management at the, at that company went, "Uh, we're not going to have anybody around here, right. and we know how hard it is to hire people."
2: Well, that's the thing, right? So you I wonder if they're to running it through that. that
0: through that filter. You
2: have to. It's, yeah. it, there are just you know we know there are ten million available jobs.
0: Yeah, to say the least. Thanks for that call, Mike. Hey, so uh, maybe you know I uh, previously lived in Arizona. Phoenix, specifically.
2: You've mentioned that.
0: And we had, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. There's a lot of, uh, Phoenix itself has a mountain range that kind of runs through the middle of town. And it's a park. And people go Hiking. And they go hiking in the summer when it's a 100 and something degrees. And they hike up this hill. They are exhausted. They have, like, heat stroke. And then they have to come and rescue them. They bring helicopters. They bring these things. And so we, in Arizona, they had been debating a stupid hiker law. That if you go and purposely put yourself in the position that you're going to need to be rescued, when it's one hundred and fifteen degrees, you're going to get a bill for that. Okay, we're, they were trying to discourage people from putting themselves in that position. Should we have something similar in Chicago? Because think about water rescues.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a big lake, right? And it's a people big lake. need to be rescued. It's deep. Too. It's deep. It's very cold. And cold. In case you're wondering. Got it. But yeah, um, they, you know, it's the police marine unit makes a lot of rescues every every mm-hmm. season, even out of season. So, And they just uh, recently rescued three people ahead of Tuesday storm, you remember? Yeah. Tuesday storm, which kind of wasn't much, but the wind was really bad.
0: And so the, obviously it whipped up waves. Yeah, there were and the warnings not to go in the water. Yeah,
2: here's the thing about weather nowadays. Yeah. Um, we know like a week in advance. I now yeah. know today it's Thursday that it's going to rain next Tuesday. Literally, right. I heard that today. Yeah. So there, I mean, I knew. I think we all understood there were severe storms, potential for severe storms. So, uh, you know, a couple paddle boarders went out and, um, they were, you know, started to paddle away, and sure enough, got swept out into the lake and needed, to, and were in distress and needed to be rescued.
0: Where do you draw the line? So, where do you draw the line between a genuine accident? Because you know, hey. If you're calling 911 or you need to be rescued or you need help, it's a bad day. It's a bad day. While, as in favor, I am of like a stupid swimmer, stupid kayaker, <laughs> you know, law, mm-hmm. it strikes me that the end result would be maybe people wouldn't call for health because they'd be worried they're going to get a
2: bill yeah well there is that right Right? absolutely i mean you know some people don't call an ambulance right because they're afraid of how much it costs and they try to drive themselves in so i yeah how do you
0: discourage these people though because another thing is um and i I go back to arizona we have these uh underpasses and when it rains a lot they flood and people drive into them Mm mm-hmm and then they sit on the hood of. You've seen it before. Yeah. They sit on the on on the roof of the car and they wait for someone to come um, come and rescue them. We do charge those people because they put barricades up, and if you drive around the barricade and drive into the water and get stuck, you pay. You pay.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the hurricanes. Okay. There are always a certain number of people that don't leave. They don't evacuate. But Mandatory. it's not leaving
0: in and of itself. You see.
2: So, well, we've we've talked about this. Is sometimes people just can't leave. They don't they don't have anywhere to go. Right. They don't you have see, where money the, you to. see where yes. the fine line gets. There are You're worried about
0: looting. You're worried yeah. about people. You know. Like, you leave. Yeah.
2: So there are people who, for other reasons then you know, they they safety aside, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to stay. I'm going it it to, to ride Yeah. I want to see a hurricane. I don't think we're going to. That be... was me. I yeah. tried to see. Oh, believe I me, I know stay. many people like you who are always. I want to like, one day. One day, I want to experience a hurricane. They wouldn't let me. I tried. I'm like, do you really though? Yeah. So those people. Well, now they're on top of their roofs, and they need to be rescued. Yeah. yeah. it's.
0: I'm a super good swimmer. I didn't think I was going to need rescue.
2: Yeah. I would say bring a boat. Have a boat handy. I bring a boat. You know, just have one handy. <laughs> um, I Believe me, we flood here enough in the Chicago yeah. area with boats. We need boats to, to get to people.
0: How do you judge when somebody, though, has made, again, well, an error to the point that, Listen, we told you not to do this. We told you again not to do it. We put the signs up not to do it. We put the barricades or the yellow police mm-hmm. tape. You did all of that. Here's your bill for five grand because, you know, Chicago Fire had to come and rescue
2: you. Right. I mean, it, it would probably be hard to prove, right? That's my thing. Yeah. As, as good I as think- it
0: sounds, because I want to I shake my, you people. Because the flip side of this is, and one of the motivations behind some of these stupid hiker stupid driver laws whatever they are is you're putting the rescuers in danger
2: they have people we we've had divers who have Died. Right. Trying to rescue people. Trying to rescue yes. people.
0: I mean the water's dangerous. That means it's dangerous right. for the rescuers but as well.
2: I feel like if there's a red flag out red and you go warning. in the water. You go in the water. You there you've now you've broken the law. If if that Ooh. were a law. Okay. I mean that would be to me pretty black and white. Yeah. You know, there are gray areas. If you go underneath the chain link fence, right. you know, you sneak and sneak in. Yeah, and right. sneak in. And I you know, we've had that happen in our some of our state parks. Yeah, then now you've you've taken that risk. Now mm. if you're just out on the lake, The weather does turn. And crap happens. Yeah, stuff happens. But, you know, in this case, Tuesday, we knew there was a storm brewing. Yeah. The the waves are already whipped up. Are you assuming everybody
0: knows the weather? I guess we get back to that. Didn't you know there was a storm coming? Dude, I don't, I don't. I don't watch the.
1: Weather,
2: there is that. There I'm not sure I would know that.
0: what the flags out on the beach means. Ooh. Really? Oh, I've been to the beach.
2: I mean, I, so long. you don't so think I, red I have, in general warning. is kind of a stop
0: <laughs> type thing? I'm just throwing <laughs> it Do out not there, Brett. Just throwing it <laughs> out yeah. there. I, 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 red, I, I, red means
1: go, right? I don't have a lot of experience at the, at the Chicago beach. <laughs> Fair enough. But I would assume you know. You are a little pale. Yeah.
0: I'm concerned about what? you at the beach. A red
1: flag, depending on how easily visible it is, if it's just, let say, the lifeguard station. If I happen to miss that for whatever reason, I'm not paying attention to the weather that day. That was my plans. Okay. I could see missing it.
2: So, Brett, when you w- are go to the beach because you okay. want to go swimming, go swimming. Um, and you see that there are five-foot waves. Five-foot waves. You're like, yeah. Dude, surf. But actually, you should be <laughs> going, ooh, those are pretty big. And then you look and you see the flag. And then if you still don't know, guess what? There's usually a sign there it says red. I think,
0: Judy, you've assumed Brett, a hell of a lot. Don't go in. in not Yellow. only people, Warning. but in Brett. No, they, <laughs> really. Assume they'll, they'll actually
2: tell you what the colors mean right there, but you have to look. Okay. Let's
0: yeah. Speaking yeah. of you, criminals out there, there's still time for our criminal of the day, and I got to give a shout out to Arthur Bates Jr. of Slidell, Louisiana. <laughs> yes. Oh,
2: uh, does this involve our boss?
0: Yeah. Boss Stephanie, do you know Arthur Bates Jr. Uh, who should probably be doing a little research before he attempts his insurance scam? Allegedly. Bates was trolling the local gas station, Quickie Mart, looking for an easy payday. Now, his scam is to walk behind cars backing up, throw himself to the ground, roll around, and wait for the dough to pile up, right? Well, hardly the first person to try this. Arthur apparently is the first to try this with the new Tesla. He tried his stunt, and the Tesla driver drove off, unaware of Bates' presence behind him. After calling police, Arthur cranked up the acting complained of a variety of injuries, even received treatment from the EMTs. The cops tracked down the Tesla driver who was facing a hit-and-run charge (laughs) until they remembered, oh, the Tesla records and stores video of the backup camera. And the scam unraveled, showing the driver never struck baits and catching his Academy Award performance in high def. (laughs) eventually admitted to making the entire incident up was arrested for false swearing with the intent to cause an emergency response who that'll teach you so for picking exactly the wrong car to try out your shakedown you arthur bates jr are the bruce st james show criminal of the day all suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law no matter how crazy they are i actually have pictures of arthur from the camera He
2: should be charged for the lying, rescue of the police coming out on the
0: ground. You can check it out at the Bruce St. James on the Facebook. We're going to jump into the six o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Be right. Kick us off.
1: if You thought that 2021 was a more violent year in Chicago? You would definitely be correct. Ooh. Chicago has already passed the total number of shootings from 2019, and uh, we're just at the start of September. Oh, it's a long way to go, Judy.
2: Uh, Well, if you thought it was safe to travel to Vermont. I did. Sorry to say, Chicago has now added that last state to Uh, its quarantine advisory list. So basically the city is saying nowhere is safe to travel. Chicago-based
0: United Airlines is saying to its unvaccinated employees, we see your medical or religious exemption and we're just going to make you stay home without pay anyway. All right. Careful what you wish for, apparently, Mm -hmm. in the world of United. So one of the things, and, you know, it's, 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 I think we're at the point now that if you received the vaccine, I want to say it was nine, nine months ago, they're saying, so January, if you were one of the earlier people, right, who got it, that you um, should be considering be in line for. A third shot, a booster shot, which are going to start uh, September 20th, I believe, is what they said. And, and how that's going to roll out, it's still not clear to me, by the way. I asked well, the doctor President, the other day, pres- he says, I'm still not clear yeah, on
2: President it. President Biden's supposed to talk about that today, actually. But there is a it's, a, it's an interesting
0: discussion. And it's one that I will acknowledge. I probably have some, I have some mixed feelings on. The latest, should I call it a plea? From the World Health Organization, who Tom Rivers, ABC News correspondent, joins us right now. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Bruce. So, the head of the World Health Organization, who um, he's urging nations like the U.S. to forego the third shot.
4: Yeah, and this is kind of a mantra he's been he's been uh, rolling out for for a few. Weeks, if not months, actually, uh, he was calling for a moratorium uh, from the the wealthier countries, the U.S., mm-hmm. uh, European Europe. countries, the U.K., Israel, saying, Look, um, yes, we've got these studies last week and showed that, uh, you know, it does wane. The vaccine does wane a bit, but nothing dramatic. And he says the more important factor is to uh, take some of those mountains of vaccines that are stockpiled in places like the U.K. and, and, and throw them out to the uh, to the developing world, the poor countries. Hmm. Uh, the rationale is that, uh, you know, the variants are going to come from somewhere else, and they're going to wash up on the shores of the U.K., they're going to wash up on the shores of the U.S. You're going to have to deal with it. So if you get them vaccinated, that uh, kind of mitigates against uh, more of these variants coming down the line. Hence, you're doing yourself a favor. That's kind of the rationale. And uh, he also said, basically, when you're talking about boosters, maybe revisit the subject early next year. You're way ahead right now. Forget about it. Help out some other countries right here, right now. Get into the new year and then say, OK, maybe now we can think about a booster.
2: Do we know yet how that's being received?
4: I I think uh, it's probably being ignored. Uh his- Yeah. Plea for a moratorium was basically uh, answered with uh, deaf ears. So certainly over here, uh, they're saying, "Look, we're, we're planning on rolling out the same thing." You know, the U.S. is September 20. Mm-hmm. Here they're talking late September for uh, vulnerable and the elderly healthcare workers. Then, you know, working certainly in this country, working down the demographics. Then you get the 70-year-olds. Then you get the 60s. Blah blah blah. So they're gonna they're gonna work it out kind of like they worked out the initial vaccine campaign here uh the first and
0: second shots we're talking to abc news correspondent tom rivers about the world health organization uh, encouraging uh nations with the vaccine not to give a third shot before some get their first you know tom i saw a number uh, yesterday that i admit i was a little bit surprised by the continent <laughs> of africa was it like 1.7 billion people is at oh, yeah. yeah. 3% vaccinated. Yeah. Three. Yeah. And it, so I a, get the, the idea, like, do you, yeah. do you protect yourself, or do you understand that the African variant or whatever could really decimate us, regardless of how many shots you've had?
4: Well, it's interesting. You, you bring it up, and it's like, you know, we all kind of get blinkered views of the world here we got about what uh first shot adults here about ninety two percent two shots for adults here is about eighty two percent it's really high and you kind of go well yeah the numbers are, are getting that way on the continent as well not quite as good but 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 heading that direction and you kind of go well yeah, yeah the whole world is kind of doing well you're absolutely right a lot of countries they just they, they can't get their hands on a, a box of uh, vaccines to administer you know a hundred doses of one shot Mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's a real real problem and uh as i say you know we're talking about the various you know call it the delta but that came from india you know we before that we had the south african the brazilian variant the uk variant if we get more people and and the goal is who said we want to get 40 percent of the world um vaccinated with one shot by the end of this year they're never ever going to get there but uh i guess at least that's something you can Strive to attain, although you're not going to reach it in the next few months. Simply that's the case. But you can at least try again, pound the drum again, and try to get more people to donate supplies from the wealthier countries to the poorer mm. countries.
2: So, Tom, just to be clear, there there is enough vaccine. It's just not being distributed, correct? Well, the,
4: the, the, uh, <laughs> I think you know we <laughs> talk about se- seven billion people. uh we, No, we don't have enough for everybody right here right now. But we do have stockpiles. We've got millions of doses certainly in the UK um, and there's going to be in other countries as well on the continent here that they're just simply not going to use. And, you know, maybe they should go into the warehouse, check uh, the sell-by date on this stuff and say, we're not going to use this. It's going to go off in two months. Let's get it on, you know, let's call up WHO in Geneva. Let's get this on planes and get it somewhere where it can be administered and somewhere where it can be used.
0: Listen, Tom, we appreciate your insight into this. Thank you for your reporting. That's Tom Rivers, ABC News correspondent. It is,
2: um, is it
0: an ethical conundrum? Is that what it is? Is this about ethics?
2: I think it is, because I'm a little bit torn, you know, on the one hand. I admit it. I admit I am. Your first impulse, of course, is no, take care of me first. But if you look at the bigger picture, which has been the whole COVID Mantra the whole, you know, this entire right. time it's been look at the bigger picture, people. That's why you need to get vaccinated, and it's true here now. Now we were just thinking of ourselves in Chicago, in Illinois, in in America, but now if if we're going to get variants from these other countries that, that are unvaccinated, that are unvaccinated, well, then maybe it's countries. in our best interest. Continents, continents, right? I mean, seriously. So then maybe it's in our best interest to, right. to wait if we are still relatively safe with the two and get those people vaccinated first so that we don't... You know, because we're we're going to get the tail end of it. We always do.
0: Because the concern is that we are going to have to live with... And I believe this. Yeah. We're going to live with COVID and learn how to manage it. We're not going to eliminate it. Okay? So I do think that requires a change in... A little bit of a change in uh, uh, mindset, if you will. But I can... I'm I'm torn on this as well. Because, you know, you play the what-if game. Well... If Africa is not, they don't have vaccines there. And the Nigerian variant, you know, I don't know, you know, whatever, whatever the latest uh, Greek alphabet letter, the omega variant comes out of out of Africa and is worse than other ones we see. We'd be like, geez, I wish we'd have handed out some of those damn vaccines in Nigeria before this thing caught hold. You know, I mean,
2: you think about things like uh, Ebola and other diseases that we, we have to. It's because of countries like us that go there and make the difference right and we we stem it where it starts so it doesn't become a huge problem for us mm. and this might be one of those cases I just need to I need to hear a little bit more and read a little bit more about it yeah you know i was just i don't have, haven't had enough time to think about it
0: but the World, the World health Organization at least ahead of it is is saying that before you get your third shot, basically people in underdeveloped poorer nations maybe they should get there first i again i understand the concept of it Mm -hmm. i i think that's a tough sell yeah i do as as sympathetic as i may be to the asian continent to the african continent to the middle east outside of europe maybe even south america i'm like you know what maybe we just need to kind of you know we like, need to take care of ourselves. We yeah. need to do we need to do what we can to defend ourselves not knowing what the next thing is or where it's it's coming from. Happy Thursday to you. It's Bruce. We got Judy. We got DJ B Rhett over there. Don't forget, bro. We got infant producer Miranda over there. Infant producer Miranda. Maybe she's the, the closest to uh childhood. And maybe she hasn't had her childhood ruined yet. You know?
2: Just wait. Uh, yeah. If
0: you if you haven't, it's coming. Okay. What now? Sorry. Go ahead.
5: I'm not ready.
0: You're not ready to have your childhood ruined? The reason I bring that up is that uh, I think some people might have had their childhood ruined this week. When they learned... So McDonald's... Okay, so you had Ronald McDonald. He's a clown. That's easy, right? I figured that out pretty quick. You've got the Hamburglar. Hello, He's dressed like a burglar. He steals hamburgers. Ergo, the Hamburglar.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. But what was Grimace? What was, he was a big purple blob. I never even thought about Grimace. Isn't that hilarious? That's sad. That is sad. kind of, but whatever.
0: Grimace, tear.
2: He was always there, right? He
0: was always there. A big purple blob. McDonald's originally told people, I guess when pressed on this, I, I, I would love to see like the, the old uh, um, uh, interview with the CEO. And uh, oh, let's talk about the uh, the stock prices. Yeah, are you going to be bringing the uh, McRib back? Mm-hmm. And what the hell's grimace?
2: Uh, so that yeah. now, had I been the reporter on the street, I would have been like, "Who's this guy?"
0: There is that grimace. Originally was supposed to represent a milkshake, although I would make a <laughs> your honor. Uh explain to me how a purple blob is a milkshake. They don't even have purple milkshakes.
2: He doesn't even look good. He's like lumpy and you know <laughs> He what looks
0: I mean? unhealthy. He look at you.
2: Grimace does not look like matted. he is
0: at a fighting weight. It's all just right. Icky. <laughs> I, I think uh yeah, Grimace is the a blob. Well, guess what? Now we have found out, and if you're ready to have your childhood ruined, that Grimace apparently is a taste bud. Okay. A really big, giant taste oh. bud. Now, I will acknowledge, I'm not even sure I know what taste buds look like, but right <laughs> well, now, there you go. I can only think they look like Grimace. And they're on my tongue, right? They are. I don't know why they make them purple, though. Yeah. Uh, okay, you're
1: right. And
2: why he has hands, Some people's tongues are purplish. Or Aren't why, they?
1: Or why you'd name
0: a taste bud... Grimace. Okay, so right. that's another thing. Your Honor, I would like to bring up the thing. Grimace. That's not a good thing. That's like when you like you you, you when ba- you go like
2: this. Ew. Yuck. Yeah, this that- doesn't taste good.
0: Right. Why would you have a mascot cartoon character, whatever you want to call it, for your restaurant that is people recoiling at the taste of the food?
2: I feel like McDonald's had enough time to to, you know, put the kibosh on all this. I would And think. to make it into something good. Why did they let this even roll out the way it did?
1: Maybe they're just thinking that Grimace
0: would fall by the wayside. Some people thought uh, that he was um, a purple chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah,
2: I would believe that I, I more than that. more than a Grimace or a so taste
0: buds. So I'm old enough. How old are you? I'm old enough to remember when McDonald's didn't have chicken nuggets. So I knew they had Grimace back then, so that couldn't be. Yeah.
2: Wait, what? Wait, Grimace started at the beginning?
0: Oh, my God. Grimace has been around him forever.
2: Really? They didn't have chicken nuggets no. at McDonald's. No. You know what they had at McDonald's, uh, Miranda? Hamburgers.
0: hamburgers, and that's right. it. Hamburgers, milkshakes. Pie, milkshakes, yeah, that's hamburgers, it. french <laughs> fries. They didn't you can have, have anything you want, yeah. as long as it was Fish, a hamburger, chicken. a milkshake, or a french no, fry.
2: Yeah. Ah. Apple pie, come on.
0: Yeah. Times yeah. have changed. The times mm-hmm. they have a changed. <laughs> they really have, Miranda. There's a whole world out there, by the Did way. Did the ice cream machine
2: <laughs> work back then? They didn't have, ice, have cream, ice cream, for
0: God's sakes. Yeah. So I would have never left McDonald's if they had ice cream.
2: McDonald's.
0: But I wonder if, you know, I get, does that ruin some people's childhood? Learning what Grimace does really, really is. Does,
2: did anyone really even like Grimace or care about him? No. I like the hamburger. I was a big fan of the hamburger.
0: Can I bring up a a, a a Ronald McDonald story? So this week, Willard Scott passed away. Weatherman was on today's show. Does that sound right? Yeah, Good morning, today. one of those. He was the original Ronald McDonald. You didn't know that about Willard Scott. He was a really? the original Ronald McDonald dressed up in the the uniform, if you will. Big floppy shoes, the face, the wig. Yeah. Willard Scott was Ronald McDonald.
2: I thought I, every every city had their own.
0: Well, I think he was like a real one or something. I mean mm-hmm.
2: Maybe the original. It's like
0: Santa. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you're not the real Santa, let's
2: be honest with one another.
0: So what ruined your childhood? I can tell you that I think what, what so, I think Santa is probably a big thing. You, you know, kind of when did you figure out, and I have to be careful. So, I worked at a radio station where we were not allowed to talk about Santa Interesting. In, in a negative light mm-hmm. in case children are listening.
2: Yes.
0: 6.29 a.m. I want to say right now, Santa's real. He's awesome. He's doing well. But my parents apparently didn't have a good relationship with Santa. Either that or I was a bad boy that year. <laughs> because i climbed up into our attic and i found presents that i later received from santa doesn't mean santa's not real it meant my parents knew santa was going to screw me that year because i'd been bad and <laughs> like instead of year. getting yeah. instead of getting coal right i was going to get presents and they just yeah. wrote santa on it yeah there you go yeah so that kind of ruined my childhood when i
2: found out that santa hated me I still write Santa on um, <laughs> presents.
0: My parents do, too. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: isn't that funny? because I mean, they 20s. come from Santa, well, yeah, people. Santa. But, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, they, right. you're right. I meant to say they still Nick's get kids are listening right
0: now, so be Santa. careful. They can yeah. hear them in the background, all right? Hmm.
2: <laughs> are your kids up at six already
0: listening? <laughs> no, I hope not. Alexa, play WLSS. No, 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 don't do that. Oh, I'm trying to get them in there. Right. Joining us. It's a big part of WLS, for goodness sakes. Big John Howell with us john first off good morning thanks for getting up with us today
6: well i did it for a number of years so it's just like uh, old school days here really
0: well there you have it Do yeah. you
2: ever get used to it john
6: no you do not okay, get used you to you it okay. well, there you just have just it wondering. cumulatively tired all
0: the time and get crabby and crabby <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Uh, yeah, throw that in there. Um, John, we are coming up, obviously, on the 20-year anniversary of Diet 11 this Saturday. And you have um, a special. You, your show, are, are putting together a special commemorating this, including a lot of your specific, not just memories, but audio, because you were on the air that morning.
6: Well, everybody has memories, but yes, I, for the first time in 20 years, went back and pulled the tapes out. Literally, they were in a manila envelope, cassette skimmer tapes, you know, back in those days, and uh, listened to a good portion of that day, both days, actually. We were on the air from uh, 5 until about 10 that day, and this is back at the country station, U.S. 79, uh, where I worked for a number of years. and uh, And then I was on the air most of the next day as well as all these events unfolded, but i had not listened to this in 20 years and it Uh was uh it was quite illustrative and stunning to listen to it all these years later and it brought back a lot of these memories uh and it's it's interesting to listen to because as this thing unfolded that morning and you'll hear this on this uh this special we're putting together and it's going to run i'm not sure when the station has decided to run this i think saturday night for sure and maybe sunday afternoon um and maybe there'll be additional times i'm not positive but um uh, the information came to us in bits and pieces and it started of course with a plane crash into the World Trade Center and almost immediately I said uh, this is very odd only mm-hmm. once in the history of the nation has any plane crashed into a skyline and that was during the World War 2 era yep. in the middle of the night uh, in a, fo- a foggy night when a bomber hit the Empire State Building bounced off the side and crashed and, and killed those in the bomber and a couple people I think on the ground but Nothing like we saw on that Tuesday morning 20 years ago. So it was deeply suspicious right from the get-go. And back in those days, we had a great team, myself and Trish Biondo. We co-hosted the show. And then Christina Filiaci, well-known to WLS listeners, she was our traffic reporter. Monica DeSantis was covering news. And Brant Miller was then, as he is now, the meteorologist at Channel 5. He was essentially our meteorologist. And we all contributed but we knew what was happening when the second plane hit the building, and that—that uh, uh, that is the—that's the, the point where I, I knew that we were going to be at war, and I didn't realize it was going to be twenty years plus. What what did it that sound like?
0: What did that sound like for you?
6: Well, I have it here if you want me to Please. play it. Yes, it, this is the very end of Christina Filiacci's uh, traffic report. We already knew about the first plane. We we're okay. still trying to decide what had Figure happened. Out what is
0: going on? Right.
6: But I had said previous, and you'll hear it on the special, I said this seems very very suspicious to me. Brant Miller had already joined us, excuse me, at that point to weigh in, he's an aviation expert obviously, a pilot. But when that second plane hit, we knew what was happening. And here's uh, here's uh, from that that excerpt from this broadcast 20 years ago. Christina Filiaggi then you hear Trish go, Oh my goodness, did you see that? Brant Miller says, Did you see that? And you'll hear the rest.
7: Check out the full line of John Deere products and accessories. And remember, nothing runs like a deer. That's a Look at Traffic. I'm Christina Filiaggi on Chicago's US 99. Did you, yeah. see, that? Did you see, see that? Another that one just went explosion? in there. Another plane just went in the other one in the other. Oh my God. Was well, that? that a second
4: plane yeah.
8: hitting second, the other one? Second plane.
7: The other, hitting the other tower. Well, let
8: we're let under us. attack. That's an act of war. If that hit the other tower, that's an act of war. Me, I've got MSNBC on the background here. Here, here it comes. There. there. it is. There it is. Another plane hit it. That's a jet aircraft. Another plane hit the other tower, a jet aircraft. Those are suicide kamikaze oh attacks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. <sighs> well, all of America is under attack as far as I'm concerned.
6: Actually, Bruce and, yeah. and Judy, it wasn't unbelievable. We should have anticipated this frankly, but you know hindsight's always twenty twenty
0: there is that yeah. wow that I mean it's chilling just to think about it because the reactions spots. are the natural reactions mm-hmm. that a lot of people had watching it. You guys just happen to be on the radio, like, "Oh my God, what did I just see? Look at this, this is happening and And you figured it out pretty quick. We were under attack,
6: yeah, and then i have never been so angry on the air. I did have to edit these tapes because I had the raw tapes. And there were some there was some language used that morning which uh, I never heard a complaint about, oddly mm. enough, mm. from uh, you know the yeah. the authorities the po- the or the radio station yeah. or the powers would be or public. But I did I did drop that out. I didn't think it was appropriate to play it again. Um, I think it'd be gratuitous. But I, I was never so angry. And then we were discussing. I was trying to constantly. And this is before uh, uh, you know smartphones and before all the. Different information Twitter. platforms we <laughs> yeah. have now. And right. so constantly, and you guys know this as well as anybody, but the job, especially in those days, was to constantly, you know, reset and tell people, mm-hmm. okay, if you're just joining us, here's what's going on. Here's what, what, we what we know. Yes, here's what we know to the best of our knowledge. And without trying to get over our skis, we definitely were here. I, I'm channeling, uh, for those who remember this name, a little Curtis LeMay in this cut.
8: So here's what we're watching. We are watching on the uh, on the monitors here. There has been... I'll just say, an attack on the World Trade Centers at this point. Probably five or seven minutes ago, maybe as much as ten minutes ago, a first plane hit one of the towers. We saw...
7: Another plane go through... Hit the, the other tower. This the other tower.
8: This is sick. This is sickening. Just well, we're under attack. There you go. We're at war. I don't know how we're going to find out who does this. There's some obvious suspects here. That looked like a, a 737. Jeez. Now, how do you protect yourself against this? I mean, think about this. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago... Atlanta, Minneapolis. That was John.
1: That was John. That was an airliner-sized aircraft. The second one that we just saw hit.
8: How do you protect every building in America against this kind of thing? By finding out who did this and just bombing back into the Stone Age.
6: Yeah. So you know that yeah. was. Obviously, the reaction, that was so uh, a yeah, uh,
0: reaction of a lot of people, <laughs> needless yeah, yeah. to say. I think that is. We're talking to, to John Howell again. Uh, John has a special going to be playing this weekend on WLS uh, of of memories of of nine eleven and the audio of John on the air that morning as this <laughs> unbelievable day in American history unfolded. You were anchoring it for the audience and for Chicago the whole time.
6: Yeah, we wound up uh, evacuating the uh, John Hancock building. We were on a low floor in the John Hancock building, but we did evacuate most of the staff, obviously, and all of America evacuated. And we stayed on to uh, react to the Pentagon, and then we stayed on to react to uh, Flight 93 in Shanksville. And then we started taking calls, and there was one call in particular that came in from a woman who said, well, I knew this was going to happen, and at that time, I think she mentioned Ben Laden. At least one of the callers said, it's Ben Laden, oh. which I, I shut her down, and I said, I don't want that conjecture because we don't know what's d- going d- on d- yet. Fair or enough. And, and uh, she said, no, I received an email warning. Well, two or three days later, by the end of that week 20 years ago, I, I came into the radio station, I got off the air, what have you, and the station manager said, yeah, the FBI confiscated one of our tapes today because they wanted to find out who you had on the air regarding
0: the email warning. Oh, that, that, so, so she said she got a warning that there was an attack coming. And it oh, turns wow. out,
6: you know, and again, this was the this okay. is the entire problem. The 9-11 Commission realized this, that one hand of the government wasn't talking to the yep. other hand of the government. Uh, you know, the FBI up in Minneapolis knew it was very suspicious that one man was taking flight instruction only want to know how to take off a plane, not land it. Right. Also, the State Department apparently is the one who had issued this kind of de facto blanket warning of of aircraft travel is not advised yeah. this week. Mm-hmm. And I I have that call if you want to hear it. Yeah, please. It, I do. I it do. runs about a minute, but this we took many, many calls throughout the day and just let people vent. But we were always trying to be careful about the information we uh, pushed through the transmitter even 20 years ago on that day
7: 9-11. Hi, Big John. This is Deborah in West Chicago. Hi, Deborah. And uh, I get, uh, as anybody can, I get notices from the State Department every day through email, mm-hmm. and they they sent a strong warning out yesterday that there was going to be an attack, and they already know who it is. They think it was Bin Laden. Don't, don't
8: say it. Don't say it yet.
7: Sorry. I, just, I don't
8: well, want to stir up. Yeah, until we get a... Baseline. I agree with you, yeah. but
7: they're... The State Department was aware that there would be an attack on Americans at some point in the very near future.
8: What's that email? How do you, how do you find that out? Who you know says what, it I'm
7: you? in my car, and I, when I get to the office, I'll send you an email with the address. But it's through the State Department, and you just sign up, and they're called public announcements. Um, and they give you status reports on different countries daily if there's issues for Americans to be traveling or, they, or if there's any kind of civil unrest.
8: Are you in that uh, business where you need to know that information on a regular basis?
7: Uh, no, it's personal. My children live in Beirut, Lebanon, so I keep my eye on what's happening in Lebanon. Uh, in
8: some ways, it's probably safer to be there.
7: <laughs> Today, it might be. Yeah. Thank right. you for your phone call. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for keeping us informed.
0: Yeah, I'm trying. We're doing okay. our best.
7: Okay. hang in there guys. Okay, bye-bye.
0: You know, John, uh, th- th- amazing in and of itself and and to hear the name Bin Laden mentioned within. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh. Yeah. You know. Well, John, I I, I, I noticed six. you mentioned uh there are obvious suspects.
0: Yeah. So yeah. you
2: had an idea right off the bat as well. Well,
6: based on 93, you know, the the right. bombing at the World Trade they Center in 93, the, the, the second attack. Islamists, yeah. right? So so uh uh yeah, it was there was obvious suspects and it was very deeply suspicious to me then on a perfectly clear day that mm-hmm. any any plane especially a jet aircraft even a cessna would just flat out hit one of the uh, world trade centers right. which had already been a target it was it was pretty clear at least in my mind uh, pretty early on what this was if
0: not who this was john Honestly, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning. I know that you're going to be talking a lot more about this, playing some more of those clips on your show today and tomorrow, plus the special running uh, this weekend right here on WLS. I
6: I should mention, if I can, that uh, several of the people that were on that broadcast are going to join me on the special as well. Um, As as I mentioned, I was very blessed to work with a great crew in those days, uh, Trish Biondo and Christina Filiacci, who... Bruce, is, this is pre-year days at WDS, but she was a huge part of the Rocon show, Roe mm-hmm, Gary. Mm-hmm. And also she bookend uh, her career, started with Dahl and ended with Dahl, and she's going to be part of it as well. And I wish I had more of her from that morning, but uh, she's going to join me. I talked to her and already taped that interview, but it was a profound uh, day for Christina Filiaci as well as Trish Biondo. So we'll put that together and... I've been promising this to the radio station for the past 10 days and they're shaking me down for it today. So <laughs> well, it'll be it's, done today.
0: It's, it's fascinating. I think it's important that we we revisit these things. And, and and even though it's painful to bring up some of these these memories and it, it, it's visceral for a lot of folks, I still think there's a lot we can learn from it. And, and you, you know, ho- hopefully we, we find some comfort and some solace in there. John Howell, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. Big John Howe, again, he'll be talking more about his special, including the actual audio of him on the air that morning here in Chicago 20 years ago. You can catch it right here this afternoon on A90 WLS. Judy, I know Lucky is important to you. Your dog.
2: More important than my kids.
0: Without yeah. a doubt. I uh, if you saw the way that she talks about Lucky as opposed to the kids, so it's cute. not even close. You know what? He never gives me lip. No doesn't he talk about Does back. what
2: I say basically. Has he
0: asked for money recently? No, no As a course matter of fact,
2: when I take him to the vet he's like, he gives me the look like don't bother, I don't I'm even good. need to. I would die don't for you, Judy. <laughs> I mean mommy.
0: So <laughs> a lot of people, their their pets are a big part of their yes. lives. That's uh, nothing weird about that necessarily. Yeah. But how concerned should you be about your furry family member
2: getting COVID? I know. I is that a thing? I hadn't. Well, you know what? First of all, three one two five nine one eighty nine hundred. Have you? Has your pet been vaccinated? Is what I want to know first. They're vaccinating it, pets. And, well, they aren't really, but I, I think people have gotten it done. They're not recommending it, but I will say, and this I thought was interesting. You know, Brookfield Zoo is, mm-hmm. has started vaccinating animals. Animals in the zoo, and, in the zoo, and most zoos have now. There's some difference there with those more wild animals, and that the fact that they come in contact with so many people. No, they
0: don't. Hold on a <laughs> well, second. Do you mean to tell them. me that the uh, uh, the giraffe comes in contact with more people than Lucky? Apparently. No, Lucky comes in contact with more people.
2: Not really, you like could, he only comes in contact with us, right?
0: There's zoos where you can feed giraffes.
2: yeah, I, I mean, you go they can bend down awfully far.
0: I think of zoo animals <laughs> as being like on the other side, you know, like yeah. you know, you're not petting the tigers. you, you know, you're not playing with yeah. the monkeys. Well, they, or a they're lot, separated, a, a they're lot supposed of to be. The
2: vaccine program at zoos it's for the people also who work there. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to keep those people safe I, as well. I've got to
0: believe that, that on a certain level, and I don't know this to be true, but I believe it, so therefore it is, that people that work at zoos or work with animals, there's got to be like some sort of shots or vaccines they have to get normally, right? Just to be around these animals from around the world and the different diseases or things that animals might carry. Right, Why right. do I assume that? It's true. Yeah, it's true. It, it, it it is says, true. it
1: says in the story that a lot of the animals are aware that zookeepers are taking care of their health, so they will let them give them shots. Of no, time, they don't. Take care of them.
0: Really? Yep. The Animals lion comes in and goes, the lion, the lion goes, don't worry. <laughs> don't eat the. Don't eat this one. <laughs> Tells the other lions. This this is a good one. All right. He he brings us steaks. Okay, <laughs> the so... The meal ticket. Don't eat them. Uh-huh. All right?
2: I totally believe that.
0: You Oh, that they, they have that conversation oh, yeah. amongst each other? You know,
2: when you have an animal as part of your family, you come to understand that they are just... Almost like humans. Almost like humans? Oh, they might be human.
0: Is a duck
2: almost like a human? <laughs> Here's oh, why I, don't know. I say I that. might draw the line there.
0: So there is a duck in Australia. An Australian duck? Is there such <laughs> Who a thing? apparently has learned how to talk. Come on. I want you to listen closely to this. So this is the duck who was mimicking his owner. The duck is saying, you bloody fool.
2: All right, that is so creepy.
0: Say it again. Do it Mm. again. (laughs) You bloody fool. You bloody
3: fool. Sounds nothing like Donald Duck.
0: If I walked up on a duck and it sounded like it did anything other than whack, I would turn and run. That duck is possessed. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I've never heard a duck make a noise that sounds anything Again, like I go that. go back
2: to my human comment. I think we've just proved it there. Oh, my God.
0: That duck needs a shot, but probably not a a vaccine. He had a little bit of a problem on
2: his L's, like many people do. (laughs) You
4: you bloody fool.
0: You bloody fool. With an Australian (laughs) accent, apparently. Yes. Uh, uh, All ducks in Australia talk with Australian
5: accents. Well, duh.
0: Hello, they're Australian ducks. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. All right. Joining us right now to talk about some of those numbers, Alderman Ray Lopez, representing the 15th Ward. Good morning, Alderman. How are you?
9: Good morning, everyone, and yes, happy Thursday to you.
0: Happy Thursday. You know, I think that we we saw the numbers. Again, uh, you just heard Brett mention it. We've already seen more murders and shootings by September, first week in September, than all of 2019. Still got four months to go. Uh, This is uh, horrible. And can I tell you, Alderman, the thing that stood out to me, and I'd like to get your reaction to this. That the areas that the city and the police specifically targeted as high-crime areas and in need of, I'll use the term, extra policing, the numbers have actually gone up in many of those areas? How is that even possible, Alderman?
9: Twelve out of the 15 neighborhoods that Mayor Lightfoot was going to target with her flood-the-zone approach to crime fighting actually saw an increase in violence. And I think what we see from this is... Uh, a result of the mixed messaging uh, that was evident last week when you have a police department which is telling the communities of the city of Chicago to step up and to say something, see something, say something. Mm-hmm. But when they do, as we saw with the uh, shooter and the murder of the seven-year-old as well as with uh, the National oh, Guard yeah. uh, Guardsmen, the state's attorney doesn't consider eyewitness testimony to be sufficient and refuses to charge people. They let the shooter go. They let, uh, uh, despite the fact that the commander wanted him charged with felony murder, uh, and he was overridden both by the state's attorney as well as by the superintendent of police himself, David Brown. So it's not surprising that we're seeing this increase because when the community does their part, nobody's listening. And I think we're going to continue to see this trend spiking upwards for the remainder of the year uh, because it just feels as though nobody is interested in putting criminals away. We're placating the criminal element in our neighborhoods, in our city, out of fear of holding them accountable for what they're doing in our na- in our city.
2: Well, and certainly, Alderman, that's one part of the problem. But, you know, it's like I feel like all we do, all we've done this whole year is talk about the rise in violence mm-hmm. where are the solutions where are the programs where are the initiatives i mean wh- what's, well because i, I where can make an argument that,
0: that whatever mayor lightfoot was trying to do isn't working <laughs> you know i mean well,
9: don't well, keep well, doing well, that yeah
2: and i mean we can well, and can we it, it, it rests with the mayor but you know you're an alderman alderman lopez and i mean it's it's the city council <laughs> as well what's the city doing
9: well i think for starters uh, The fact that we don't have enough politicians stepping up and calling out those gangbangers, those criminals in our neighborhood and demanding action is a a huge sign of where we're at in this city. You know, we need people to step up. You know, the silence uh, from the rest of my elected colleagues is deafening. You know, I shouldn't be the only one on the radio, on TV, calling out the crime and calling for more action. That first and foremost has to change. But also, when you look at the programs and when we look at uh, for solutions, you know, there are programs out there. Just people are refusing to participate mm. or are, we are not holding them accountable to it. You know, we spend almost 40 million dollars a year on anti-violence in the city of Chicago. But as we've seen, sometimes our partners are the ones stoking the fires of violence in the same in the neighborhoods or paying them to help put out put them out. We don't hold those individuals accountable either either. And we have very little metrics when it comes towards judging the efficacy of these groups. We have very few metrics, if any, uh, for holding people accountable when they want to participate in these programs. And if you don't have these ways of judging success, you're just going to continue to throw money down the rabbit hole of violence prevention programs without ever one while still wondering why nothing worked
0: we 're talking to Alderman Ray Lopez representing the uh, the Fifteenth Ward, but obviously uh, has been outspoken and been out front about the violence in our city and Alderman Lopez, I know that you uh, interact with your constituents on a on a daily basis you hear from them uh, they are impacted by violence. Uh, I remember talking to you about a month ago and you said, you know, you had an act of violence right outside of your home, for goodness sakes, that this is part of that community. What is the community saying? How can are are they at the take the law into your own hands? Are they are they fed up? Are they willing to start turning in family members if they're part of this community?
9: Well, without question, the community is fed up and I represent African-Americans and Latinos, which oftentimes are, are used as pawns against the police, I can tell you without question that every community I've ever interacted with wants safe neighborhoods. They want their children to be able to walk to school. They want to be able to do all of those things that we are accustomed to doing without fear of being shot or killed. Everyone wants that. Um, but as I said earlier, with regards to turning people over, you know, what's the point if no one's going to be charged? Mm -hmm. Earlier this week, I had a senior citizen who was coming home from work, and there was a gentleman parked in her handicapped parking in front of her house. She asked that gentleman to move. In the process of moving his car, 10 bullets were sprayed from a block away because someone didn't recognize him on the block.
5: Oh, for goodness Thankfully,
9: that senior who has all 10 bullets, (laughs) I have a photo of her with all 10 bullets in her hand, shell casings, wasn't hit. By some miracle, uh, the police that went through her house (laughs) didn't hit her grandchildren. This is what people are going through on a daily basis. And when I say people have had enough, they have had enough. And I know that they want to see change. They want to see safe neighborhoods. And I don't think we're at vigilantism yet. But at some point, we're going to get to a point in the city where people are just going to start buying their own guns Mm -hmm. and just waiting for someone to do something. You know I think we kind of touched on that a, a yeah. year or so ago when that individual was carjacked and he shot the carjacker uh, and I think Kim Fox was more interested in trying to charge him than she was trying to deal with the individuals involved in the carjacking. Uh, it will come it will come to a head at some point
2: and Our goal I think has especially to be leaders to beat that. Yeah, and especially you know, Alderman, it's been such a bad year for kids being shot and killed. Seems that way, right? You think that that would be the line? That that would be what really motivates A seven-year-old in your neighborhood,
0: and you said that's enough.
2: Yeah,
9: you thirty-eight children, I believe, shot and killed this year, if I if I remember correctly. It's horrible, and this is not where we need to be. We have enough issues going on uh, with the pandemic to have the violence on top of it just taking lives left right and center we have to do better in this city
0: your mouth to god's ears thank you so much alderman lopez we appreciate your time this morning
9: thank you, thank you.
0: talk to you soon that's alderman ray lopez 15th ward as uh, as he reacts to the the numbers that are are pretty staggering that we've already eclipsed the murder and shooting numbers From 2019, 19, and it's September, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's only going to get worse, and the numbers will continue to do that. And good morning, it's Bruce, it's Judy, it's DJ Brett, and really, for all intents and purposes, United Airlines, Chicago-based United Airlines, has called the bluff on those Mm -hmm. Who are claiming a religious or medical exemption to be unvaccinated and remain employed at United. So it was last month, United issued one of their, like many companies, uh, a vaccine requirement. Okay? With the religious
5: Mm -hmm. and medical
0: exemptions, right? I'm only going to say, apparently, of the 67,000 some odd employees they have, a pretty decent number of them must have taken them up on it because United... Has gone a step further, Judy.
2: Yes. Yeah, so for uh, those workers who deal with customers, you know, pilots, flight attendants, gate agents, okay, uh, those who have been granted a religious uh, exemption, they'll be placed on unpaid personal leave beginning October second. Unpaid they'll be, leave. They'll be able to return to work only after the pandemic meaningfully recedes.
0: That that seems a little vague in, in, definite, in and of itself. That would be indefinite. We are yes. on an indefinite leave.
2: No response. No comment from the unions. Uh, Other workers who are not uh, customer facing, Mm -hmm. also exempted for religious reasons, will remain an unpaid leave until United develops and implements new testing and safety procedures.
0: That is amazing.
2: Right. So basically, those employees who medical and religious. And by the way, I've been researching this religious angle because I'm just interested to know which religions uh,
7: uh, Ban uh, uh, vaccine or, banned
2: uh, or against COVID vaccines. Vaccine. Which
0: one could you claim? Uh,
2: apparently, none of them. Yeah, none. You know, some of them don't like it. Some of them leave it up to their members. But there is no religion that says you cannot have a vaccine. Apparently. So um, perhaps United was also reading up on that <laughs> and said, and said, but yeah, that's, right. but aren't they just calling their bluff? Well, and not that's only what that. they're
0: saying. They're saying, we, we don't believe you have a fervently held religious belief against vaccines, we think you just are an anti vaxxer and you're going to claim this religion. Well, they said, okay, we see your religious exemption and we're just going to put we you on unpaid. You? Yeah. yeah, well, okay, well, uh, which apparently they,
2: they can believe do. Believe me, they denied a lot of them. The religious exemption. And for those people, they now have uh, five weeks to get the shot
0: or they're or or
2: they're gone or they're fired or terminated. Yes. So they're not firing requests for exemption were denied. They now have to get the vaccine.
0: Right. So I thought this was interesting as well. Uh, Will other companies adopt this? 312-591-8900. 312 I 8900 I think that we've seen like when it's like dominoes. When one company like says other others, you know, sitting around a boardroom this morning going, well, United Airlines, it I think we can probably get away with it. Will they do this for passengers? How soon will this become a policy for passengers? Because mm-hmm. it just right. seems like it just continues like this. And let me throw this out there. Qantas, their Australian airline, I believe. They've got a big kangaroo on the tail of the plane. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. It's very cute plane, right? Qantas announced only vaccinated passengers on all international flights.
2: Yeah, they've they've taken the so they they are the vaccinated airline. The first one
0: I told you it was coming, but Qantas Airlines Mm -hmm. says proof of vaccination, not negative test, not exemption. Proof of vaccination required to set foot on one of their airplanes. I gotta believe if United is, I use the term calling the bluff on the people with religious exemptions and very maybe genuine medical. medical exemptions yeah. right that they can't be that far from requiring it for, uh, for passengers as well right don't you see that you as would think so the progression i would assume they have the numbers
1: in in general as to how many of their passengers are and are not vaccinated So that might be the deciding factor. If it would genuinely hurt business enough that shareholders would get mad, I doubt you'll see that happen.
0: So here's the, and I think this is the calculation a lot of companies are going through. Do we gain more by it or do we lose more by it? Right now, there seem to be a lot of people who are concerned enough about the, the Delta variant and the numbers spiking that they are changing their behavior. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I it's, a, it's a matter of shutting down right is it's, it's right. you know don't you now we can't we're not supposed to if you live in Chicago you can't go to any of the not 49 states
0: not even Vermont not anymore. even Vermont
2: I mean so it, you know a company's got to be looking at that
0: mm-hmm. so I give an example i i, I I'm involved in a, in a charity event that's not coming up for another month. It's a good charity. It's a popular event. It's a dinner, you know, gala. Mm -hmm. We have an emergency meeting because they are unable to fill. They've sold the tables. You know, people don't want to go and be sitting at a table in a room full of a thousand people. It's not that they don't want to support the charity. It's not that they wouldn't do it. It's not that they didn't do it before. It's that they feel uncomfortable now. So I know it's changing behavior, not everyone's, some people's behavior. Yeah. Will we, we'll, will will making will putting people on unpaid leave employees will it force them to change their vaccine stance or will it just further entrench them? I wonder. well we
2: already need to see the other American has said or rather uh, Delta uh, no, has okay. said two hundred dollars more a month if you don't you have get to that pay ban, you pay an insurance, insurance
0: premium basically right.
2: because think about that too I mean these companies with so many workers they have to think about the long-term effects mm. if you if you have to say half your workforce isn't vaccinated okay and the delta variant is so much more contagious now you've got half your workforce out potentially
0: they're just looking at it from a bottom line angle well, as well as always we, we, right that's what they do we hear how hard it is to find employees which sounds like an odd balance right now you don't want to lose employees because it's hard to uh uh replace them and hire new ones and train but them and si- how expensive not it is. Sick anyway. but if they're sick anyway you yeah. lost them anyway
2: and if not even mm. if you're sick and or they i've come been in contact with you right now i can't come
0: 14-day back 14 day quarantines exactly. and stuff like that yeah it's
2: it's like the so wow. i think they're looking at the least risk right what they're weighing these numbers right exactly i mean business is business
0: it's Bruce. it's judy it's uh dj brett over there you know just a little bit ago we had alderman ray lopez on and alderman lopez uh talking about the violence statistics the 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 record-breaking sadly in all the baddest ways uh numbers we're seeing in chicago and relating it to Issues with prosecution, relating it to the fact that the bad guys are getting away with it, that that these are repeat criminals in many ways, shape or form. And it does bring up a bit of a a, a, I'm trying to understand kind of how the system works, because there's an interesting story out, um, and it's tied into the murder of a seven year old girl. This. Little innocent girl, Serenity, who was killed during one of these shootings. And the police, the detectives attempt to find the bad guy and the prosecutor's wishes and desires. So I don't fully understand how that works, but somebody who does... He's Pat Brady, and he's joining us right now. And as a former prosecutor, my guess is you know exactly how all of this works. First off, good morning, Pat.
10: Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, uh, Yeah, I do.
0: So this is this kind of. The way we understand the story is there is a dispute, if you will, between the police, Chicago police, in because they're the ones who investigate the crime. Mm-hmm. Then they turn evidence over to the prosecutor, who makes the decision as to how to move forward. That, I learned that from watching TV.
10: Yeah, you watched Law and Order. Yeah. Uh, so did I. Okay. Many <laughs> Here Here's the, uh, first of all, I had to say that I, I agree completely with Alderman Lopez that the the current Cook County State's Attorney is the worst prosecutor in the country and best public defender, she's a major part of the problem. But in this particular circumstance, you're exactly right. The police can lodge charges against people, but it's up to the prosecutor whether to go forward. And there was an agreement 40 some years ago, just an agreement, It's it's not in the law that before the police would charge felonies, and it's called the felony review unit in the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, they would talk to the prosecutor for a couple of reasons. First of all, to see if there's a case there, a case that's a winner blown court. And second of all, it protects innocent people from being charged that maybe shouldn't be charged. And that's been going on forever. Now, this article you're referring to. There was a disagreement between the state's attorney's office and the Chicago PD on whether or not charges should be filed. And so there is a mechanism, rarely used, where the police can go around the state's attorney's office, go to a judge, and lodge charges but the rub is, and that article didn't point it out, it, that is never to be used in a murder case and can't be used in a murder case. So I'm not sure hmm. where that was going. But the reality is, long story short, there's always kind of a natural tension between the police and the prosecutors. than the police, and, and to their credit, are very aggressive. And they want to put people uh, away that have done bad things. And the prosecutors that have to make a more dispassionate review of the facts and circumstances and the law to see if this case can actually be a conviction So trial. that's not but, unusual yeah. in and of
2: itself. Although I think what is unusual, Pat, and tell me if I'm wrong, is I, this is really bad blood between those two departments. It appears I it's going downhill. Yeah. It's been this bad ever before.
10: No, a lot of bad blood. And it goes back to the statement I made initially. A lot of people, including me, think Kim Fox, her attitude towards prosecution, she takes that office as a social, social service office, and she's ignoring the law and making decisions on who should be charged and not based on some social premise and not on the law. And I, I, I absolutely sympathize with the police for having to deal with somebody like Kim Fox, who doesn't understand her role. Mm. That being said, that tension, even and I agree with you, Judy, it is worse in that article that I've seen in a while. That's, that's a natural tension between the police and the prosecutors. The point is, come on, guys, you're on the same team. We need to get along. Right. And so if you're having these kind of, discussions that's making it into a sun times article we need to have a sit down and figure this out because the people that lose out here are the victims and that young woman young woman child, child. that was mm-hmm. was was killed Uh, She's a victim. There's a real crime there. We need to find out who did it and put those people in the penitentiary. Uh, Yes.
0: Serenity. The little girl deserves justice. Uh, Her family deserves some justice. We're talking to Pat Brady again. As a former prosecutor, I guess here's my question. We talk about the tension, uh, specifically in this case, between the the detectives, Chicago police, and the prosecutor. Uh, The way I understand it, the, the police say, hey, we've done all this investigation. We're pretty sure that's the bad guy. The prosecutors are saying, you haven't done enough investigation we need more uh, and don't go arrest the bad guy you know they, they, they're, they're kind of disagreeing on facts to a certain extent is are prosecutors worried about losing cases is is the argument that we just really don't like to lose like is there like the batting average you want to keep up and so you're not going to take a case that you don't think you can win
10: outright no i don't think that's the calculation but although in the u.s attorney's manual which is the federal system there is a, a, a standard, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it. You're not supposed to bring a case unless it's. Unless
0: what? You broke up right there. You're not supposed to bring a case unless what?
10: I'm sorry. I, I broke up. I, uh, unless there's a substantial likelihood of conviction. Okay. Now, yeah, if you're the if you're the political figure, the state's attorney, you're going to want that figure to be high. But the reality is you take an oath when you're a prosecutor. You represent the people. You're supposed to apply the law again dispassionately. These people, we have the evidence to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this crime was committed. And that is your charging decision. And the one troubling thing in the article, on the, and I don't blame the officer for calling up the state's attorney, basically calling in a favor, but that, that's not how it's supposed to work. You, mm-hmm. as a prosecutor, are supposed to decide on the facts and the law, and that is it. No favors, no political considerations. Listen, I'm not naive. I understand it happens. But that's how it's supposed to work.
2: But this even seems like it goes beyond a political Issue, right? I mean, it's almost like a. I mean, is this about like defunding the police or Black Lives Matter or, you know what I mean? It almost seems like a cultural thing when you talk about Kim Fox and and turning it into a social service point and not a criminal enterprise. Oh, absolutely.
10: Yeah. If you're a police officer and you're listening to Kim Fox talk about what we need to do to solve crime, it's not put people in the penitentiary or, or, or apply the law it's her view of social justice, that is a problem. And I'm sure that the officers and the detectives feel that way. She's horrible. And this is going to continue. But in fairness to her, this is a tension that's been around for for a long, long time. And it won't be forever. And this is kind of an extreme example. But but she's the problem. She's horrible.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm all for social justice. It just seems like the oddest department to Take it. It's futile. not the place that you should yeah, be. I mean, be the prosecutor, yeah. yeah,
10: it's just. I... No, it, 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 Judy. I saw her speak four or five years ago at a, in an event um, with the public defender, the chief judge, and her. And I was sitting there. It's mainly a bunch of former prosecutors. And when I got, I, I wanted to raise my hand, and I regret I didn't. Now I was going to guess, is there a prosecutor in the room? She doesn't talk or act like a prosecutor. She acts like the public defender. She is the best public defender in the country. Mm. She doesn't believe and applying the law which to me is the height of arrogance that's not her job her job is to apply the law and represent victims that's her job and she's just not doing it
0: we're talking to pat brady uh not only a former federal prosecutor but also a political analyst let me bring this into the political realm just because i i don't understand does Kim Fox have any chance whatsoever of being reelected? Does she have a constituency? Are there other than criminals who she's not charging? Who's in favor of this, of this uh,
10: uh, policy,
0: especially taking a look at the crime numbers?
10: Well, there's a segment. Obviously, she just was reelected a year and a half, two years ago. But recent polling shows her polling in, in the low 30s. So I think people are catching on to the fact that one component of our crime problem is we have an enough prosecutor mm-hmm. and it's not just her. There's a recall motion going on for the DA in LA. And this is a mindset. This is a philosophy that certain people that have got elected adhere to. And it's just not working. It's never worked. So to answer your question, yeah, I just expect a challenge, but I'm not sure if it's going to come in the primary. The Republicans are gonna have to come up with a candidate that represents the diversity in Chicago and is acceptable um, to people beyond Kim Fox's constituency, I think they they can do that because I think a lot of people are really fed up with her.
0: Pat, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
10: Anytime, guys. See ya.
0: He's Pat Brady, uh, political analyst, former Illinois Republican Party chairman, former federal prosecutor. The guy can keep a job, obviously. Yeah, I, yeah, he exhausts is. me. Just a little bit of everything in there. Uh, as that tension continues to rise between the prosecutors and the police, it does need to get solved because, again, the victims are the yeah, victims in this. Exactly. The families are the victims in this.
2: We need to solve the violence
0: problem. Good morning to you. A Happy Thursday. It's Bruce. It's Judy. We are awake. We are bright-eyed. We are bushy-tailed. We're up always. Why don't
2: you just speak for yourself, okay?
0: Brett, on the other hand. It's a real struggle. <laughs> Brett, filling in for cheese this week. It is not normal for you. What time are you getting up now, Brett? I get about 325. 325 in the morning. Correct.
2: Oof. First come of all, on all, that's an odd number. Not 315 or 330, no, 325.
0: I like that he's very specific.
1: He's go, a detailed he's, guy. He's
2: hitting that snooze button, that's why.
1: I go I go to weird numbers It actually really upsets my wife. I'll go 327. She gets mad I don't do 330.
2: <laughs> well, it is kind you of are, annoying. You are an odd bird
0: to begin with.
2: <laughs> um, well, when, what so- time do you normally get up?
0: 10?
1: I work a lot. I used to work a lot of overnights here. Well, I've been here for a couple of years, a lot of overnights, a lot of later shifts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't usually go to bed until one, one thirty in the morning on a normal day. I didn't go to bed until eleven o'clock last night.
0: How are you still standing? Anyway. <laughs>
2: um His eyes are closed. I don't think you've noticed the whole show. So
0: can you become a morning person? I'm gonna assume a lot of you that are listening, granted it's almost eight o'clock now, but some of you have been up for hours already. Can you learn to be a morning person? Are you born a morning person? I, and my dad used to tell me that. My dad was a morning person, and he just was like, "Yeah, yeah, I got a pearly. Mm-hmm. You're sleeping the day away. Seven thirty, sleeping till seven thirty. Uh, What's wrong also, with you? You know?" And I'm like, "What the hell are you talking don't about?" Don't you
2: think though, the older you get, the more of a morning person you can become? Okay. I, 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 I don't like know if older that's people true. Get my
0: mom up. is sleeping more now. My mom, I, I, like well, I can't call mom, mom before ten. is it? it's got to be the wine. Yeah, my mom's <laughs> I, my mom's on 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 Brett's sleep schedule. She's like, ah, let's get up around ten. I'm like, what the hell well, is in you? I
2: love that woman.
0: You can apparently you can train yourself. I'm an example. I've never thought of myself as a morning person. I, like you, given the opportunity, I'd sleep at 9 or 10 o'clock, you know. Go to bed around 1, 2 in the morning kind of thing. I like being up at night. I, I, I enjoy the nighttime. Hey, I barely even see the sun go down now. I fundamentally, like, changed so that I could be up, awake, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, if you will, at 5 in the morning now. Because it's a time of the day. I, I see my alarm now is set for a time that I usually only saw when I was still coming home. I'm like, oh, God, I'm getting home. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. I need to go to sleep. Now my alarm goes off, right? It is bizarre. But you can do things about this. Um,
2: What's the number one thing you did?
0: Having a schedule. Mm. Living by a schedule. And I needed to be strict. And I, um, I used technology to help me with my schedule, okay? My phone goes on silent mode. And it doesn't uh, vibrate, ring, or blink after 7 p.m. 7! I have a noisemaker. What is it? White noise? It blocks a little bit of the the, the city sound out and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It kicks on. I have an app. It's an app. At 7 p.m. It goes on. It's also a thing for my brain It right. I'm Tells like, your brain it's time, time to go to sleep. Yep. I hear the noisemaker. It's time to shut things down. I've got the blackout shades, you know, this, that, and the other. And I've told my friends, and I said, listen, I'm on a different schedule than you guys. I appreciate it. I, you know, you guys want to talk at 930 at night? Best of luck. I got four texts when I woke up this morning. People texting me at 10 o'clock at night. Chicago. Who Always. the hell do you think I am? 10 o'clock at night.
2: People text me after midnight. Who are <laughs> you people? I There are people who are up and they think everyone else is up. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, it's funny I'm able to um because I've also had to learn how to yeah? become a morning person, but I I do go to bed. I don't have curtains in my bedroom because I just in that that's how I go. Ooh, I've got those blackout shades. I do have curtains. They're it's just yeah, they're not even curtains. They're it's funny. They're like little strips of something that hanging down. Count. No. So I do have the sun streaming in. I do hear the people playing softball at the park. But you know what? I've always been a really good sleeper. Okay. So I'm able to sleep. But like you, I I do actually go to bed at 8 o'clock. And I've been lately, but I've been going earlier because I can't just get in bed. I don't think anyone can. You can't just get in bed and go to sleep. No, at eight I don't. O'clock. No, it takes me a have, while to up wind up to it, down. Right? Yeah, and like the. But the, that's the, why I
0: say I seven o'clock. Right. I'm winding down.
2: Exactly. I'm that's unavailable for comment you after to seven. Do. Gradually change your bedtime. You yeah. got to do it gradually. And yeah, and I haven't tried the white noise, so maybe I might do that. Oh. Oh. okay. My, that just seems annoying. That's my white
1: noise. I've got a suggestion for that works really well for me. Is I have an alarm that requires me to get up out of bed and take a picture of something that I have set in my bathroom. What? So I cannot turn off my alarm until I physically get up out of bed, turn the light on in the bathroom, and take a picture of this, this little cutesy sign that my wife bought.
2: What app is that?
1: Uh, it's called
0: Alarmy. Alarm with a Y at the end. Wow. The, you So your alarms didn't work for you in the past, is what you're saying. When my alarm goes off, I, boom, eyes are open, I stand up, and I'm moving.
2: Oh, God. When mine goes up, I hit it at least two, oh, I don't sometimes snooze. three no, snoozes. No, I'm
0: up. Boom. Oh, I, I jump get, up. I get my I'm best up.
2: sleep sometimes during those snoozes. Yeah.
0: I actually woke up three minutes before my alarm went off today.
2: Oh, that's so weird. I did, too. It's
0: bizarre. I'm like, what? Oh, God. Because I was like, well, I can't go back something now. Boom. I'm up. Let's go once I, i'm up i got i got let's start moving
2: i woke up coffee's oops. making
0: the shower's going let's go let's go and let's i go.
2: said i have three more minutes to sleep
0: yeah i just ugh, i wish kicking off the eight o'clock hour taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about how about this president biden is expected to sign an executive order requiring all all federal workers to be vaccinated with no option of being regularly tested to opt out of the requirement. He's speaking tonight. Part of it,
1: we think, is that, right? We talked about it at 7 with Alderman Ray Lopez, America's favorite alderman. Violence in Chicago. Yes, it is up this year. More shooting so far in nine months of 2021 than there were in 2019 in its totality. If you want to hear that interview, Miranda's put it up at WLSAM.com and on our Facebook feed. Judy?
2: And dozens of foreigners, including Americans, have boarded a commercial flight at Kabul Airport in the first large-scale evacuation since the U.S. withdrew from Afghanistan last month. Bruce?
0: That's good news, right? I yep. mean, that people are back to getting out, that in some way, shape, or form, I guess the Taliban has to allow these planes right. to leave. Right, about people having in.
2: papers, and now, right.
0: yeah. Uh, so, I'll, uh, listen, anybody that's trying to get out, that wants to get out, and is getting out, that's a good thing. But, you know, we've talked to a variety of different people about uh, uh, n- not only the, the the pullout and the disaster I think almost everyone can acknowledge uh, the last month has been, but everything else that went on there and trying to understand more about it. So joining us right now is Sheldon Knudsen. Sheldon, good morning. Good morning. Sheldon and I went to high school together. I'll throw it out there again. Santa Rita High School. Go Eagles. All right,
2: Sheldon, is there anything you want to tell us about Bruce? Oh,
0: God. Here we go. No, I think it's safe to say he's a, he's been a good guy all along. Wow. Okay. Look at that. All right. All right. So, Sheldon, uh, you know, like many people do after high school, we go our separate ways. And you went down a, a path that ended up with you literally being in Afghanistan. I'll let you tell a little bit of the story about kind of what took you uh, and your 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 career well i
11: joined the air force uh, about four years after high school and my last year in the service after 25 years i spent in afghanistan as the deputy director of maintenance for the the nato air training command and once i retired i then became a contractor and worked with the afghan air force very closely over the next uh, few years after that,
2: Wow. So, until
11: and, the beginning of 2020.
2: And we hear a lot about the, that term, contractor. And just So what did you do?
11: So basically, I oversaw the production control of the aircraft maintenance going on, making sure that the aircraft were getting repaired in a timely manner, and everything was being done according to regs and all that stuff.
2: And so you were so, a private citizen working for the military?
11: Correct. Okay. Basically, it was a military contract, but I was a, a civilian contractor right. working over there.
0: Okay. So, Sheldon, you when did you leave, actually leave Afghanistan? You were last in-country when?
11: February of 2020. Okay. I went home uh, for the birth of one of my grandchildren, <laughs> and by the time I was ready to go back, COVID had shut everything down, oh. so wasn't able to return.
0: So I, I'm going to ask a couple different questions, and I don't know. We We did not... Plan this ahead of time. I like learning and being surprised in things. So we've heard a lot of stories about equipment, including aircraft, being left behind. And instead of the Afghan military using them to defend Afghanistan, they, for lack of better terms, kind of turned it over, ran away, or or or, or whatever. What is your understanding about this equipment, and could the Taliban use it? For whatever they wanted to.
11: I think as far as my expertise goes, it's on the aircraft side of things. Yeah. And they do not have a robust maintenance program. They were really good at doing the basic maintenance techniques, things like scheduled maintenance that were items you did. But when it came to extensive troubleshooting and things like that, they just don't have that capability. They never developed it.
0: And part you were you were part is. of training. Were you not part of training Afghans to do some of this work?
11: We focused primarily on scheduled maintenance, things that they could handle. You've got to realize you're dealing with a force that was largely illiterate. Most of the tech manuals, especially for MI-17s, which are Russian aircraft, were written in Russian. <laughs> they could barely read Dari, let alone Russian or English. And so we had some of their more senior people that were like colonels, and retired. They first got trained under the the Soviets back in the eighties, and so they were fluent in Russian. The older guys, but the younger guys were not.
0: So well, you know, well, wait, wait, was, we, we just brushed past something, Sheldon. And and, and again, you, you're literally in Afghanistan. You're working on the aircraft. You're you're training the Afghan military and and some of their contractors to do this work. And they're basically right. illiterate, and and they can't read, write, count. I'm assuming. I mean, how do you train people to work on military aircraft if they're at that level of education. Is that even possible?
11: It's, it's very complicated. It's very difficult, and it was a long, time-consuming thing. We would put them in English classes. We would uh, try to get them up to at least a certain level. I think one of the big, big mistakes we made when we went in is we insisted that they started performing everything to Army regulations to maintain mm. their aircraft instead of having it developed through them autonomously or using the original equipment maintenance manuals that virtually the rest of the world uses for maintaining MI-17s, we went in and we imposed our standards on them instead of allowing them to develop their own standards.
2: So so it sounds like it was obvious from the start that they were never going to be able to, you know, have this robust maintenance program when the Americans left. So what was the goal the whole time that... Train them enough, and then when the Americans pull out, they'll always have us. You know, we'll have they'll their backs. Yeah, they'll <laughs> always need us. We'll be always be there for this type of you know maintenance program because they're they're not going to be able to do it.
11: Right, I think the uh, the idea long term was to have contractors like myself. We we employed a lot of Ukrainians uh, and Colombians and and other nationals to go in there and actually do the robust maintenance that needed to be required Mm -hmm. they could do the basic stuff like i said a lot of times they would send aircraft to forward operating bases and we wouldn't have oversight of them for long periods of time their probably most dynamic maintenance program was in shindand out in the, the the western side of the country they were solely operated by afghans we had one representative in my company who was an afghan who would report numbers and stuff back to me but when we actually got our hands on those aircraft to do 100 and 200 and 300-hour inspections on them, they were in
10: really bad shape.
0: So, again, as a former military, co- we're talking, again, my high school buddy Sheldon, uh, a former, uh, not only member of the military, member of the Air Force, uh, retired, but then became a military contractor working in Afghanistan. Um, is there something you can tell me? I- I'm trying to learn more, and I'm trying to understand more about what Afghanistan is becoming what did you learn about the Afghan people while you were there
11: well the ones that I worked with uh, were brought up and generally westernized by their experience with dealing with Americans on a daily basis the guys that I've been trying to get out of Afghanistan for the last few weeks are are people that I work very closely with they dressed American they they spoke the American lingo they they watched American movies Uh, And so they were enthusiastic about trying to to come to the U.S., and that's where I feel our biggest failure was, was not getting these SIV guys out of the country when when we needed to. What does SIV
0: stand for? Sorry, Sheldon.
11: It's a special immigration visa. Okay. These are the visas we promised them if they worked for an American company or if they worked for the U.S. military for at least two years, then they would be given uh, special dispensation to come to the U.S.
0: And how so many, they literally signed up there? to do this with the idea they could come to right. the United States. And how
2: States? many do you know, Sheldon?
11: Well, I my last year there, I had over 100 Afghans working directly for me in various capacities. And so... Um, believe me when every every contractor that i know that worked over there probably had afghans coming out of the woodwork just begging to to help them get out of the country
0: sheldon can you hold on it a minute a real shame. and can you stick with <laughs> us because i want to talk more about your efforts to get these people people who again we we promised <laughs> made promises to that are still stuck behind and... the bruce st james we're on uh, i'm on the twitter machine uh i'm on the facebook and uh, I'm even on the Instagram. Haven't started my TikTok page yet, but it's coming. You know it's coming. Oh, you should see me dance. I, we,
2: Bark, I've, Bark, I've, Bark, oh, Bark, my Bark. goodness. Yeah, it's going to be
0: fantastic. You, are, you um, are one cool dude. There is that. I get that a lot. So the we know that, uh, what is it, Monday, the, what do I refer to it as? Enhanced unemployment ended, the the, the bonus part. And there's been a lot of speculation. Will this cause people... Uh, You know, when they check their bank account and that extra 300 bucks a week isn't coming in three times. It's like almost a thousand dollars a month or whatever. It's somewhere in that number. Um, Will they get back into the workforce? Will they start applying for jobs again? Will they try to supplement it in some way, shape or form? Well, joining us right now is Steve Burnus, And Steve is the president of the Better Business Bureau right here in Illinois. First off, Steve, good morning. Good morning. Appreciate having you on and we're talking to you because if we're talking about something that people need of course there's a scam involved in it some way shape or form. What are what is an employment scam?
12: Well, basically employment scam is when somebody goes online and posts a resume for a job and they want to work with this organization, and they get a fake scammer who calls them back from a, a fake company, saying, "Let's go through. Let's go through the interview process for this job," and they actually get hired, and only to find out that it's a fake company, and they ask for information, uh, you know, credit card information, social security number. So really, they're more elaborate, Bruce, than the old days when you used to go on the, you know, down the uh, streets and yeah. see you work from home on your telephone pole. These are now, you know, six or seven people are, are being uh, you know, on part of this scam. Oh, so you're going to hold, hold on, the hold on. Hold on, Steve. Person. Steve, the work from home on the telephone pole was a scam too? It's still a scam. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to blow past that. I see those all the
12: time. Oh, for make God's sake. Millions. Sense. You can make millions on those.
0: And so the and and so what they're doing is they are fishing for your information. Instead of sending you the email we talked lots about The emails you might get asking you looking official these people are saying hey congratulations we saw your resume we like the cut of your jib we think you're going to be a great employee let's get you started in the process give me your information
2: yeah steve how do you how do you stop that i mean you applied for the job so you're like all excited oh look they've contacted me how do you know it's a scam
12: Well, you got to prove that it's a real company first and foremost. So most companies, when they post jobs, they post jobs on their own website as well. So you have to do the research. You know, even Amazon has issued warnings for people allegedly using fake, you know, websites saying that they work for Amazon. They want to hire you. So really, Judy, it comes down to be you got to trust the source that information is coming from and. And right now, I mean, we, we anticipate is about $2 billion was lost in, in 2020 to these job scams, and it keeps increasing. The FBI complaints are up 20. Uh, 20- 27 percent over the last few years as well so again really the tip off to the rip off is that you know they hire you immediately and they ask you for confidential personal information but if you think about it guys you know when people go online to apply for a job they're asking the questions that usually tell an employer your social security number your bank account number and things of that nature but again these are getting more elaborate because you're having a full-blown interview with these people now it's not oh, just have your credit card number it's like you're having a half hour interview they said, oh, by the way, you need to buy a phone. Could you uh, well reimburse you? Could you sell money over to this person?
0: All right, well, there's my red flag.
12: <laughs>
2: well, and, you but know, but like,
0: people that I, might be desperate for a job right. or, or yeah, they no, have I been out it. of the workplace I for a while. I go, well, right. this is just how it works.
2: Right. Now, Steve, we've right. talked right. in the past a lot of these scammers are from other countries. So is that a tip-off, too? When you're interviewing with someone, do they sound like they're, you know, on Wall
12: Street? Some sound like they're from foreigners, you know, from different countries as well, but you can't tell sometimes. A lot of people, they use fake uh, pictures on the, you know, when they do Zoom interviews, they use a fake picture because then they do reverse Google, you know, search of that picture and they see it on thousands of other websites. So, you know, yeah, most of these are overseas, these scammers as well. And a lot of the reshipping scams where, you know, people are, are hired to reship, product. So you get a laptop and you're supposed to reship it in another box out of the country. Most of them are going to Russia that the Better Business Bureau study has found. So they are overseas. But, Jude, you can't tell anymore, you know, who's any, where anybody's at today because of the technology that, uh, you know, allows for that. And in the old days, it was misspelling and grammatical errors. That seems to be gone right now.
2: I just savvy scammers. I
0: was going to say, you know, and it really is, Again, we're talking to Steve Byrnes, the president of the uh, of the Illinois Better Business Bureau. It's ex- Listen, I know this is your job, but it's like exhausting for the rest of us to try to stay one step ahead of these people because they they prey upon you at your most vulnerable moment. And we all have some sort of weakness. We all have a, a blind spot, and there appears to be a scam for damn near every one of them.
12: There is a scam for everything. A lot of people do have weaknesses. You know, Judy has more than most, but there are, you know, the... <laughs> The scammers do know where the vulnerabilities are, and they they expose people on it. Just recently, there was fake charities with the hurricane. Ida. I mean, it's nonstop, and I guess I, this question is asked all the time: How did it get away with it? Because there's so many, the government there's not enough police or right. or law enforcement to go after these people. You just got to stop giving your money. That's the that's the key. Once you, don't only to put scammers out of business, not to give them your business.
2: Uh, and by the way, Steve, Bruce meant to say you're exhausting, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we can do this all day. So, just to be clear, though, this latest scam, it's not, I'm I'm a little bit unsure. would We. Is so it, these are people that is, have posted their
0: resumes on these these these, these job sites, right? Or you're they, looking they, for a job,
2: but my son has recently. He's been looking for a job, but he's also been getting he's been getting these emails and even texts saying, "Hey, see, you're looking for a job. We've got a job for you." You know what I mean? He's being contacted on his end where he didn't contact these people.
12: Exactly. But it's actually both working both ways. When you okay. apply online on your job posting sites, or are they sending you texts? Do they see your information? Because your resume's out there. It has your email address. It has your social media accounts. So they have everything they need on you to contact you, even your cell number and texting. So, again, it's the, we're warning consumers when it's too good to be true. You know, you immediately get the job or, you know, they, you got to give out information right away, and they don't want you to think about it. And, again, like you said, Bruce, the, people are down on their luck. We talked to a St. Louis one recently who lost, I think it was four thousand dollars to these scammers, and she had to move in with her sister because she didn't have enough money for her apartment anymore. So they're ruthless and they're, and they're vultures again, and they just take, go after people who are vulnerable.
0: Unbelievable, Steve. Thank you for that, and uh, and thanks for sharing it. And hopefully we've we've saved saved somebody from uh, becoming a victim of that. He's Steve is president of the Illinois Better Business Bureau. Uh, in fact, I mean, I. Honestly, I hadn't thought that. I'm texting my son right now. You are.
2: I, because he just told me. He's like, oh, God, I'm getting all these. Like, he was all excited. I'm getting Congratulations. all. Yes, exactly. Pete, I'm getting all a, these oh, offers. And now I'm thinking, oh, my gosh.
0: What are these are. job sites where you can post your resume? I hear about it, right? Indeed. Is that one I Indeed. Glassdoor. Right. These different places you can post your resume. LinkedIn. You LinkedIn can post is on. huge. And these scammers are going. They are seeing these people looking for work. And they are working backwards. All right, let's hire them for this skill that they believe they have that's going to be perfect. And we'll mine them for information or money while thinking they've just been hired, they got their dream job, and uh, they they start Monday.
2: That's why you go on LinkedIn. To, to, uh, you know, to coordinate with other people. I mean, if someone on LinkedIn emailed me and said, Hey, I saw your resume that you posted, or I, I just saw some of your credentials, and it would be. I would, I would not think it was a scam. I would not. Absolutely. Because actually, I would,
0: because nobody would want to hire me, but that's separate from that. But (laughs) But I just wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't, my default wouldn't be somebody's trying to scam me.
2: No, that's the whole point of LinkedIn is to, is to get to know other people and, you know, be in a group. And uh, this is terrible.
0: This sounds like a little bit of breaking news, if you will. According to AP and their sources, President Biden has already signed, that's right, has already signed an executive order requiring all, A-L-L, federal workers to become vaccinated. Judy, and it appears they're not interested in your exemptions either.
2: Well, it's still unclear about those exemptions, but yeah, from what we're reading, it looks like all federal workers, and you know what we've been talking about earlier. Even if you have an exemption, good luck trying to prove it. So, uh, you know, this is going to be interesting because I I know the um, the post office, uh, the United States Postal Service, has in the past, the very recent past, uh, the union has taken a uh, pretty hard stance on this, saying you can't tell our you know employees, our members, that they have to be vaccinated. So,
0: there's about. I- there's over 2 million
2: federal workers,
0: federal workers. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them are already vaccinated. Uh, you know, I, I saw the latest numbers, what we're near seven seventy 70 percent of adults or whatever. But that's still a pretty sizable number. If you use 60 percent on the low end, 70 percent. And the thing that I'm seeing and the, the the question that I have is, are people going to quit over this? And if the answer is yes, where are they going to get their next job? If this becomes the norm, if this becomes the standard, we mentioned earlier, United Airlines has given the first week in October deadline that you're either fully vaccinated or if you have a religious or medical exemption, you go on unpaid leave.
2: Until further notice. We
0: see your exemption, and Mm -hmm. you still aren't getting paid to work here. You you know what I'm saying? That where will the option be? Where else would you... By the way, those federal jobs, you're overpaid and underworked. Don't you dare worry about that. (laughs) Good luck finding something else like that, right? Isn't that
2: part of the calculus? Don't forget, we just talked to your friend from high school who's a government contractor. That includes governor uh, government contractors as well. Yeah, under this executive order,
0: under room. this, so it's going to be yep. the, the
2: contractors well, it makes sense as well because they do. Yeah, they, they work hand in hand yeah. and They're not around everybody. Federal workers, but they work for the for the government. Wow. Yeah. Well, you so, already said
0: military, right? right? So the military's already been taken. So it's going to be all federal workers, and again, this was a uh, apparently um, was signed moments ago that it actually was signed. Biden is speaking today. Uh, I don't know the exact time, but he's going to be talking about COVID and and Delta and yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. And apparently it was going to announce this or is going to announce this requirement during that that press conference. Yeah,
2: right. I mean, if we're already getting word that he has signed the executive order, has already signed it, then I'm assuming this will be the big portion of his speech. So now we have the biggest um, employer Yeah. Mandating in the country, mandating vaccines. uh, You know, what's that trickle down effect going to be? Is that what everyone was waiting for? All the other companies to see what they would do?
0: Mm. There's got to be, it feels like dominoes,
2: doesn't it? Doesn't it feel
0: like, you know, everybody's like, well, if they do it, we'll do it. You know, nobody wanted to be the first. And, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to ruffle feathers. But it appears that. Because the government federal workers, you work for the government. Sorry, but government isn't mandating for citizens. They basically have incentivized private business to mandate the vaccine for workers.
2: I mean, and well, and also it feels like. They tried to, you know, they did it. Little baby steps. Okay. Everyone should get vaccinated. Okay. It did everyone, kind of, you, remember you that? really need to get vaccinated people. It'd were be a good idea. To, yeah, how did. can we, what, well, you know what? How about a hundred bucks?
0: How about a hundred bucks? How about huh? donuts? How about a vacation? Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, how about a lottery?
0: Mm hmm. God, I thought it was And now we're down to
2: All right, become we, vaccinated or you're fired. Or I, you're on I, leave, or you're like They're, acting, you're whatever. they're all like, acting like a parent. It's like, you know, what we used to do. with the, You'd threaten those these, kids. Are, these, you are, these are the, the yeah, levels and now, of escalation. Now you go to bed mm. without dinner. Ouch. So End it'll deserved. be interesting to see. And yeah, AP reporting that he assigned signed that executive order. We know that he's going to speak later this afternoon.
0: We'll obviously get all those details. Hey, yep. you know what? Might be one of the reasons why you need to have your faith in humanity restored. Judy says she can do it for you. Oh, it's tough right today, now. but I can do it. You can do it.
2: So in battling um, against the homeless epidemic, it pays to think outside the box. The tiny home village in Albuquerque isn't just a place for someone to sleep out of the weather. It's an occupational therapy project that helps the homeless reconnect with values and responsibility. So it was set up to cultivate a strong community, the power of routine, and a sense of pride. The tiny home village hopes its residents will be better prepared for when they finally get off the streets. Now that walled and gated community of about 30 tiny houses, they are so adorable. They give residents a strong sense of security and permanence. The houses are painted different colors, although all feature the same layout. They have a desk, two chairs, a bed, a closet, and a little stoop outside. At the center is the village house where they can cook, do laundry, watch TV, socialize, use the internet. Uh, internet and even access a library. So managers believe that if this kind of a community must be more than just a roof over someone's head. Instead, it is somewhere where a person can make friends, gain the physical, spiritual, financial and occupational strength to ensure that by the time they rejoin society, they are here to stay.
0: Outstanding. Who Restoring there, in faith in humanity. Good for her. That's Judy sharing that positive story with you, taking us out on the high. Hey, thank you so much to everyone who, uh, not only for you guys for listening, Dave, we appreciate it, but also uh, MG and the Posse. They're over there in Mission Control. They hit all the buttons. They make things happen. Our infant producer, Miranda's on the other side of the double-pane bulletproof glyphs. Thank you very much for your help. We've got DJ B-Rat. Good work today. Happy to do it. Appreciate it. Uh, And Nick Gale. uh, Nick's going to stick around with all the latest breaking news. And, boy, there's things happening already. Mm -hmm. Uh, The traffic, the weather, the information you need to know. Nick is delivering it for you. And that's all coming up next right here on 890 WLS.